Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Heart failure patients have stopped hugging their children when they come home from school as they're terrified of getting the coronavirus. Pauline O'Shea is a patient from Ardna Crusha and she's on the line now, along with Dr Angie Brown from the Irish Heart Foundation. You're both welcome. Good morning to you. Pauline, you were diagnosed with heart failure, I think at 38, that's almost 10 years ago. What was all of that like? Um, hi, Joe. Hi. Um well, uh, what was it like? It was shocking, really. Um, uh, my background to it was I, I got a condition called SCAD, Spontaneous Coronary Artery Dissection, which basically meant um, an artery in my heart tore. Uh, it's a sudden event. There's no lead up to it. There's no prediction that it will happen. It's simply to do with a weak spot in your arteries, which you don't know you have weak spots until this event actually happens. Um, The problem was when it did happen, I was misdiagnosed and sent home. And the challenge there meant that I went for a a week um, with an undiagnosed condition and the tear got worse and worse. And I ended up having um, three heart attacks and um, went into cardiac arrest. And a wonderful surgical team in the Matter Hospital saved my life. Um, But the three heart attacks had done extensive damage to my heart muscle. Um, It was essentially deprived of oxygen. So while I woke up um, in intensive care, very relieved to be alive, it was still shocking to hear that It was literally described as as some of my heart being dead. And, uh, yeah, it was just um, a horror show, really, the reality that I had heart failure uh, at that age. And and, and what then, and I think this is for people who haven't experienced it, is where we struggle to understand it. So heart attack being one thing, but heart failure is then progressive after that. Is that right? Well, what happens is because the muscle is damaged, Um, your ability to pump blood either into or out of your heart um, is impaired. So in other words, you've lost your, your muscle has kind of lost its mojo, if you like. It's been starved of oxygen and when half of it or or whatever portion of it, you know, has died, you're really working on whatever's left. So the problem and the definition of heart failure, and I understand because I, I, I have an issue actually myself about how little understood the condition is. It basically describes when it's difficult to pump blood into or out of the heart. And you can, and many people, there's 90,000 people in Ireland with heart failure. You can live with the condition. Uh, It doesn't mean imminent death, but what it does mean is that your life will be different. Your ability to function as you once did will be different. You'll, you know, you might struggle for oxygen at times, breathlessness, um, and you'll get tired, tired bouts, and that would be the biggest impact for me. And Pauline, how does that tie in then with worries around COVID-19 and having to stay away from the kids coming home from school? Well, here's the challenge now, because Already, given that I'm a heart failure patient, it means, just as I described there a second ago, there's already difficulties 
um, in terms of uh, my heart being able to pump oxygen around my body and that we all need that to function and survive. COVID, by very nature of this virus, um, attacks um, breathing and it attacks heart in a very big way. Um, And so what it would basically do to the likes of me is it would take an already uh, struggling organ and it would impose another layer of struggle on top of it. And therefore, if I'm already struggling for oxygen now and you've put another layer to, to further that struggle, it means that my ability to survive, um, to survive without being on a ventilator or to survive in general is really uh, impacted. Right. Um, mm. And, you know, so therefore what it means for family life, um, because I have three kids, it means really having to take every kind of precaution possible so that uh, we don't risk me getting it. Because obviously my kids are from 18 down to nine. They still need their mom and I still want to be around to raise them. And, and of course, there's the dilemma of being on the one hand a heart failure patient and on the other being a mother, you yes, know, yes. Uh, and a parent. Um, and both roles call for different... Um, I suppose uh, there's a different tick box for both. Yes, yes. At, at best, all I can do is try and tick a few boxes on, on each. But as, as I speak, I mean, my children obviously went back to school last week. They're exposed to anything from 70 to 90 kids um, a day. Um, and mm. COVID really for us now, particularly with the more aggressive variants, it's just a very high-risk situation for me to be facing Absolutely. every day when they get back into the well, car. Well, yeah. I want to bring Dr. Angie Brown into the conversation with the Irish Heart Foundation. We're chatting, obviously, to Pauline O'Shea there as well, who's explained that so well. Um, but Angie, I suppose what it comes down to then is where heart failure patients are and where they should be on the vaccine rollout list. That's correct. Well, as Pauline already said, there's over 9,000 people in Ireland who have heart failure and many of those patients are actually over 70, so will have uh, been included in the first three cohorts. And what we're really concerned about are younger patients uh, with severe heart failure who actually fall into cohort 7. So these are further down the list for vaccination and as again as Pauline said, these uh, are very high risk patients and there are studies Uh, showing that, unfortunately, people with severe heart failure uh, are 37% more likely to die from COVID compared to patients without heart failure. They're far more likely to need admission to hospital. And that's kind of understandable, really, given their pumping function isn't normal. And so the COVID puts an extra strain. uh, But, but, I mean, clearly they were put where they were uh, for whatever reason, by the authorities, um, do you understand why? And is there any possibility of having them moved up the list? So the people in cohort four are all uh, very high risk patients, and they're all absolutely correctly in that group. Uh, people with immunocompromised, who very severe lung disease, very severe diabetes, are all very severe conditions. Uh, so they're, you know, they're correctly in that group. But I think this is a group that have really been missed out. Um, and it's unclear why. Uh, I think perhaps because heart failure patients, um, there's firstly 
a, a very large number of heart failure patients. And I think, secondly, there's a big spectrum within there. Um, but I'm talking about patients who have significant impairment of their heart pumping function. So these are sort of people with very bad symptoms. They find it difficult to walk sometimes on the flat to walk upstairs. So these are, you know, already severely compromised people who, for some reason, were were missed out. And we're talking probably about 7,000 patients who are in this group. So it's not a large number. Um, and I think in cohort four, there's probably 150,000 altogether. So an extra 7,000 or so patients to go into that cohort. It's not a huge number. Right. So we would just really call on the government just to review uh, the uh, vaccination priorities and uh, consider including these patients in, okay. in cohort four. Okay, Dr. Angie Brown from the Irish Heart Foundation, thank you very much for making the case there and thank you particularly to Pauline O'Shea who is a patient suffering from heart failure in Ardna Crusher. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.